The patient experience is absolutely inseparable from the outcome. Life-changing medicine must be accompanied by a life-changing patient experience. Being in healthcare demands that we do our best every single day. That's no easy task, but we strive to do our very best every single day to achieve the very best outcome for our patients. And most times, we do achieve those outstanding outcomes. So why would a woman battling breast cancer, who received the very best clinical care, who beat cancer, still feel like her care team failed her? Laura Mayhood, a manager of patient safety at UPMC Mercy, shares the details of her breast cancer diagnosis and the little things that made the experience even more difficult. Here's Laura. Hi, my name is Laura Mayhood. I'm the manager of patient safety for UPMC Mercy, and I was asked to share my story with you. This is not an easy thing for me to do because I tend to be a very private person, but I'm doing it on behalf of our patients in the hopes that my words will be impactful to some of you. I know how hard it is to be your best every single day, but I want to share my story as a patient and urge you to be your best always because everything you do does matter. The clinical care that I received was excellent, and for that I'm very grateful. But my experience was missing the little things that often mean so much. I am proud to be a member of a special club. I am a breast cancer survivor. That badge comes with many things, one of which is that I've been a patient too many times to remember. So I know a thing or two about the patient experience. My journey started over six years ago in February of 2012 when I felt a lump in my breast. I remember thinking, that's weird. Where did that come from? Because I had been religious about getting mammograms and ultrasounds before the recommended age because my mother is a breast cancer survivor too. After every screening, I was told everything looks good go home and come back next year. So in March, I presented for a core biopsy of that lump at the imaging center where I always went. It's a beautiful center that I always felt comfortable there. They had always been kind and took great care of me. So this couldn't be anything, right? That's what I kept telling myself, but I was terrified. On that day, the fog that would cover my life for the next several years began. I remember them explaining the procedure and asking about my pain, but I could see the concern on their faces. I just wanted to get out of there. This couldn't be happening. The next step was wait, because that's what we make our patients do in healthcare, wait. Wait for the next few days to find out if your life would never be the same again. I carried on as best I could, going to work and pretending like everything was normal. It was at, the, at work that I received the phone call with the results of my biopsy. Someone from the imaging center called my office at work, and once I was on the line, I was asked to wait for the doctor. I don't know how long I waited, and it really doesn't matter because it felt like an eternity. You probably know where the story is going. And yes, you're right. I was told over the phone at work that I had cancer. At that moment, I was actually quite calm. I think because I had prepared myself for those words. 
I knew when I had my biopsy that it wasn't going to be good. I remember how matter-of-fact the conversation was, as if the doctor did this all the time. No big deal. I asked a few questions, and that was that. I hung up the phone and crawled under my desk. That was my reaction. I wanted to hide there, under my desk, and just hope that this would all go away. I had never received a cancer diagnosis before, so I just thought that's the way they do it, over the phone. No big deal. Because of the fog, I don't remember much of the next days that followed, except making phone calls and appointments. The first step was surgery, and I don't know how you would feel, but now that I knew cancer was growing in my body, I wanted it out as soon as possible. For reasons I'm not really sure that I understand to this day, my surgery couldn't be any, scheduled any sooner than April 30th. Again, I had to wait. I knew my surgery wouldn't be the next day or even the next week, but a month and a half? Really? I'm sure they're doing everything they can, right? Before my surgery, there were more appointments and more tests, all to determine the extent of my cancer and to plan the surgical procedures. I honestly don't remember much of it at all. It's that fog I mentioned earlier. In retrospect, it's really kind of sad. I don't remember a single person that stood out extending a hand of empathy. It wasn't horrible, but it was a seven or eight. A seven or eight isn't a nine or 10. What I do remember very clearly are the bad experiences. In one of my early visits with my surgeon, she felt an enlarged lymph node in my axilla. For the non-clinical people, that's the armpit. I felt my heart drop into the pit of my stomach because I knew if the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes, it would surely mean chemotherapy and a bigger fight for me. So she sent me for a biopsy of that lymph node. Looking back, this was the most terrifying time of my entire journey. This biopsy had to be negative. The healthcare team involved in the procedure that day couldn't possibly have known how I felt, right? After all, they're not mind readers. The procedure was scheduled in advance. They knew exactly why I was there. Did they seriously think this was just a day in the park for me? Why did they ask me? So, why are you here? Seriously, you know why I'm here. And the fact that you're asking the question doesn't instill a lot of confidence in your abilities. So when I answered the question, well, I was just diagnosed with breast cancer and I'm here to find out if it spread to my lymph nodes. The response I got was, yeah, well, I guess we gotta play the cards we're dealt. What? Why didn't she just slap me across the face and say, suck it up, buttercup? That's not all. I was laying on an exam table in a crowded room with some sort of supply cabinets right in my face. I remember people coming in and out, searching for things in those supply cabinets, totally, totally oblivious to the fact that I was laying there. It was almost as if they shoved an exam table into a supply closet. I was laying on my side waiting again, so I had nothing else to do but stare at those cabinets, those messy cabinets, some doors open, some doors closed, 
definitely not neat and orderly. Once again, not a big confidence booster. I managed to survive that experience, which led to another wait. The good news is that my biopsy was negative, and even better, I received the results from my surgeon who called my cell phone. You will recall my previous experience with a phone call and a diagnosis. These two experiences with a doctor and a phone call demonstrate the difference between doing what's easy and doing what's right. When we go to work every day, we should ask ourselves, do I want to do what's easy or do I want to do what's right? If you don't know the difference between the two, I suggest you choose another profession. We have a choice. Each day we choose to do what's easy, we have the potential to negatively impact a patient's experience, or perhaps even worse, their outcome. The day of my surgery arrived, and surgery can be a very frightening experience for anyone, but when you work in patient safety and see all the things that can go wrong, it's especially terrifying. I do remember one specific thing, and that's when the nurse came to get me to take me to the OR. As she approached me, she pulled a vial out of her pocket and injected it into my IV. Oh my God, did you see that? She just pulled something out of her pocket and didn't even look at it. What was that? I remember thinking to myself, whatever happened to narrating your care? She, of course, didn't know anything about me or know that it was important to me to know everything that was happening. How could she know? I would suggest that if you just always narrate your care, you don't have to worry about it. If a patient doesn't want to know, they will tell you. But please don't assume they don't want to know or are too stupid to understand. So long story short, my surgical experience was good, but it was a seven or eight, not a nine or 10. After my surgery, I had one more big hurdle to clear. Certain types of breast cancer patients have a specialized test performed on their tumor cells to determine the risk of recurrence. I fit this profile, so once again, I was waiting for this very important test result. I had done my research and I felt confident that I could interpret the results in combination with the information that was gained from my surgery. I needed to know so I could prepare myself for the future treatments of chemo or radiation or both. The wait for those results was agonizing. So one day I couldn't stand it any longer and I called my oncologist's office. Are my results back? Yes, that's great. What are they? The nurse on the phone said she couldn't tell me because I had to meet with the doctor to explain what the results meant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, I get it. That's for the uninformed patient. Just tell me what the results are. To that, I received a response, which I will never forget. She said, that's not my job. That's what she said to me while I was crying on the phone. That's not my job. I would go on to have another brilliant reaction, that's sarcasm, with Karen, that's her name, Karen, when I called my oncologist's office following months of terrible side effects from tamoxifen, one of my medications. She told me to just wait it out, it will pass. After more than six more months of suffering, I finally got the help that I needed. No thanks to Karen. 
I remember one of my follow-up appointments with my oncologist after that, discussing these side effects. And she scolded me for waiting so long and said, why didn't you call? I said, I did call, and I was told to wait it out. Another suck it up, buttercup. I think she apologized, but I really don't remember. I have one final experience from my journey that I want to share with you. My treatment plan included 35 radiation treatments, and my team actually was great. They made it very convenient for me, scheduled my appointments first thing in the morning at the hospital closest to my home. I got to pick out my own gown that I would wear to my treatments and get to keep. It was my gown, not one that was worn by hundreds of other nameless women. And this is my gown. I picked the one with the brightest colors in the hopes that it would keep my spirits up. I thought, wow, this is great. Someone finally gets it. Not only did I get to pick my own gown, they also gave me a special valet parking ticket that I would use for the entire length of my treatment. Again, I really felt special. Finally, someone understands what it means to be a patient and how all of these little things can make a huge difference. So for 35 days, I would get up and go to my treatment and then go to work. Before each treatment, I had to check in with a guard who would put my armband on my wrist. He would always smile, but was quiet, never chatty, which was fine with me because I really wasn't in the mood for a discussion about the weather. I'd get my armband and be on my way for my quick, painless treatment. I would pass back by him when I left every day, and he would always smile and say, have a nice day. But one day he said to me, you always look so nice. I got a big goofy smile on my face. I stood a little taller and thought to myself, I really like this place. And then I would go to get my car. 35 separate times, the parking valets were the first people I saw when I arrived and the last people I saw when I left. They were the bread to my 35 experiences. Well, let me tell you that bread was stale and had some nasty mold growing on it. All of the good that happened in between those two slices of bread was wiped away by my horrible experiences with those valets. Seldom would I get a, would I get a smile or a kind word. I actually felt like I was inconveniencing them. I remember one time in particular when I approached the booth to get my car so I could go to work. I waited to see if anyone would acknowledge my existence. Nope. So I said, uh, excuse me, I'd like to get my car, which elicited a death stare. I actually reached a point where I would just park my car myself to avoid the uncomfortable interactions with those valets. I had to make a trip to Trader Joe's just to make sure that I was still alive and worthy of being treated with kindness. And if you shop at Trader Joe's, you know what I'm talking about. So I will end where I began. As we work to reimagine the patient experience, let's not forget the little things or take them for granted. We work in healthcare and everything we do does matter, regardless of who you are, doctor or nurse or valet. There's always going to be those miserable patients who will be miserable no matter what you do. But there's lots more patients like me, 
the sevens and eights, with just a little more effort, can become the nines and tens. It's your choice and yours alone. It's easy to ignore or say that's not my job or make a patient wait on hold or say various forms of suck it up buttercup. What right would have looked like for me was for someone, anyone to say, I'm so sorry you're going through this and everything's gonna be okay. Please ask yourself every day, do you want to do what's easy or do you want to do what's right? If I can share a very personal, painful story, you certainly can do what's right. Thank you for all of the good that you do every day. You've been listening to Life Changing Moments. If you have a story of your own, we'd love to hear from you in our Yammer group, Life Changing Moments. You might even find yourself in an episode of your own. In the Yammer group, you can connect with your coworkers to see how they're creating an exceptional UPMC experience and share your thoughts on each episode. For more information on how you can create a better UPMC experience for our patients and your colleagues, search UPMC Experience on Infonet. Life-changing moments are everywhere. What part will you play?